Hi, Mike Gibson coming to you live from Sky 2017, uh, talking today with Costas Marmiolis and Cesar Eliascu, talking about the cancer patients in mm -hmm. cardio oncology. Uh, you know, we have more and more older patients and lots of people developing cancer who are going to get chemotherapeutic agents that are going to damage their heart. I was excited to see that here at Sky we have a whole session now dedicated mm -hmm. to cardio oncology. So. Tell us a little bit about the session. We're very, very excited to have the first section on yes. oncocardiology. It's a brand new field, um, interventional oncocardiology. And we're very, very happy uh, Sky endorsed mm -hmm. our effort. We've started five years ago mm -hmm. and uh, was based on the initial experience on cancer patients with thrombocytopenia, uh, FFR-guided PCI, and a lot of things we've used in practice cardiology. Mm -hmm. We've adjusted our field uh, and our steps to provide cancer therapy. So a lot of a lot of uh, the adjustments have been getting the dose right and things. But are there going to be things coming along that will protect against the, you know, damage to the myocytes? So we have we know that people with cancer now live longer. Right. So those people get effects not only from the cancer itself because cancer affects the coronaries with different ways, have more clots, they have more atherosclerosis, mm -hmm. but also they get the effect of the chemotherapy and the radiation therapy, both of them affecting the, the coronaries. Mm -hmm. So those people live longer. And mm -hmm. uh, we are starting this, uh, this field trying to protect those people. Mm -hmm. uh, so our first step is to protect them from developing uh, the effects of the side effects of the chemotherapy, radiation therapy, knowing that those people now live longer. So the whole idea is to uh, create this, uh, this field and find the ways to protect them in the long term. And as a second step is to assess them whenever they develop an acute coronary syndrome and manage them in the cath lab more effectively. Yeah, I mean, I just remember so many cases of uh, mantle therapy-induced proximal kind of LAD disease. Are there any ways we can help protect the coronaries from the radiation? It is a very interesting question. Uh, tomorrow in one of our sessions, we're going to present OCT images hmm. of radiation-induced coronary disease. Mm -hmm. And we know the good correlation uh, between OCT images and the pathology. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going to present beautiful data about stenting, maybe revisiting the idea of stenting and maybe using balloon eluding medication mm -hmm. rather mm -hmm. than stenting uh, because of the additional understanding the OCT imaging has provided to mm -hmm. The atherosclerosis in young patients. Yes. Now that being said, is we've seen it really varies from different segments of the coronary system, and really right. almost within a few millimeter, you can see a difference in the, the structure of the plaque right. within the coronaries, which makes it even more challenging. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I do believe that uh, we have big challenges ahead. Yes. But we also have the technology, the tools now, our invasive tools to provide better understanding. Now, a lot of, uh, as someone who does a lot of work in um, atherothrombosis, a lot of the risk of thrombosis in cancer patients is mediated more on the coagulation side than the platelet uh -huh. side. And a lot of active work in using factor 10A inhibitors to minimize the clots that form mm -hmm. as part of these uh, neoplastic syndromes. Is that part of what we should be doing in some of our coronary patients? I think that's a great question and uh, it is more challenging now for us cardiology to provide an answer. The reason is the uh, American Society of uh, Clinical Oncology, ASCO, 
has considered uh, our uh, DOACs as a relative contraindication in cancer patients. Now that's kind of odd because there's a fair amount of observational data showing better outcomes. And we yes. started Correct. providing this indirect data to right. support our uh, therapies and change. But the initial statement was such that it mm. made it a little obstacle for us to provide the data and use it. So we had to have this discussion with the patient, explain them the risk benefits and why we believed, again from initial, even from Aristotle trial and other trials we had, cancer patients included, mm -hmm. few patients, mm -hmm. but we had patients included that we believe it is easier to administer, safer, um, again with the same stone we hit more birds. Right. And then it, it provided in the long run uh, uh, better outcomes. But it is a, a challenge for us as well. I think that um, the anti-platelet, anticoagulation regimens are one of the big questions we can answer uh, right. in our uh, patient population, especially and thrombocytopenia yes. Yes, and yeah. other challenges that we have to, to, yeah. to address. And this is the big yeah. challenge for us because we know that there is a risk of bleeding in most of those patients with thrombocytopenia and anemia. And on the other hand, there is a risk of thrombosis. Right. Because also the people who get stents, they take longer to endothelialize inside the stent. Mm -hmm. So those people need more aggressive therapy. And also those people may have to stop their medication prematurely. They may need to have biopsies, change of treatment, unpredicted surgeries. Right. So our idea is to find a way to make our work in the cath lab as optimal as possible by using IVUS and OCT after treatment to make sure we oppose the stand well and uh, do the best we can to endothelialize the stand as fast as possible so in case people need to stop prematurely their therapy to have the best chance of being well endothelialized and not having a thrombosis event. And a very interesting component, it's our work that we've done with OCT actually together is that you would think that is us the driving the, 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 the procedure result. Uh, the interventionist doing a perfect procedure and having optimal angiographic results, but what we've seen is worse outcomes in patients that have uh, worse cancer. So it may mm. be a healing process that's mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. patient-driven, and maybe that the suboptimal results we have in some cancer patients may be really because of more advanced cancer predictor for outcomes, so it's not right. really uh, cardiovascular driven, but really cancer related right. uh, comorbidity, additional comorbidity. Well, as people are getting older, we have more and more atrial fibrillation mm -hmm. and ACS. As people are getting older, we have more oncology and ACS, and so mm -hmm. it's going to require an adaptation of our techniques. And you want to yeah. talk That's about true. what we discussed about the. Yeah. Yes, we also, that is a very good question because those people with atrial fibrillation and with other thrombotic events, they will need triple therapy. So structural procedures are moving forward and maybe the exclusion of the left atrial appendage procedures will be the next step for us. Mm -hmm. we'll we were discussing about trying to involve more cancer patients in the exclusion devices right. to protect them from having events. Right. So this Very is good. a new field that we, we want to get involved more. Very good. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today. And thanks Thank to all of you for joining us here live from Sky 2017. Thank you.